Welcome back to the Unrepresentative Swill Podcast. Back after a long hiatus. You know how you can tell? Rob was clinking his ice while we were testing for background <laughs> audio. So uh, in case the audio sounds bad, uh, blame you, Rob. Um, yeah, fair enough. So Nick, where have we been? What have we been doing? I think our last episode was, uh, dare I say, late December? Yes. Or mid-December? I, I, I don't even know. That's how, that's how long ago it feels. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was it was around that time, um, and I mean, it's actually I mean, in terms of time, it took a couple of months. It's actually not that bad. In terms of time, yeah. Um, but it feels. I don't know it, what other terms you're going to put it in. It feel in experience. Right? <laughs> it feels like it was it was so long ago. Yeah, I've, I've been busy. Well, a lot's changed uh, in our lives, and that's true. A lot's changed around the world, as it always does. The world is uh, ever changing. Yeah, turns out the world just didn't stop when we were not recording huh? the podcast. <laughs> what? I thought the world revolves around me. <laughs> uh, kudos to you, Rob. You're gainfully employed now. Thank you very much. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Uh, I think I'm going to just say right off the bat, because may as well get it out, out the way nice and early, my opinions as a private citizen are different to uh, my workings as a public servant uh, and just because I hold certain opinion doesn't affect my job performance. And Rob became a public servant. Who would have <laughs> thought that would have happened? Yep. Really thought you were going to sell out, man, and hit the private sector. But um, kudos to you. Thanks, you're, mate. You're putting the hard yards in, working a nine-to-five. So uh, yeah, on, the, on, on, the, on the tax dollars. So good on you, Rob. I'm proud on the tax dollars and also paying my tax dollars as well. That's true. So and technically, I, I kind of pay my own wages. Uh, in a way, <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe just pay no tax, but you get no income. That's something that I think the public sector should bring in in the future. <laughs> just just you don't have to pay tax, but you get paid way less. <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> streamline. Yeah, streamline. S- it. Sounds, Fuck it. Sounds like some fucking autocratic bullshit. Streamline it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it sounds very stupid, actually, Rob. I hope I hope you truly are thinking of better ideas. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, congrats to you. You got employed. Uh, I've been doing some employment as well. Yeah, well, yeah, congrats to you as well, man. You seem to be uh, killing killing the law game, working, Thanks, those, working those tough law hours. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And one more year and you're going to be in there earning the big bucks. Come on. I will say I've enjoyed my experience as a vacation clerk being the absolute lowest of the low. Um, yep. feels very. You know, I was thinking about this earlier today, Rob. Your kind of life just works in a way that you just enter the next kind of system um, of things for the next year and you start at the bottom being the lowest of the low. Yeah. And you, it, it's a rat race in a way and you kind of crawl your way up. It is. And by and the time you're kind of looking down on everyone, it's time to go to the next stage and you have to be at the bottom again. And as they said in uh, a song by someone, started nice. from the bottom, <laughs> now we're here. Nice. Am I right? Uh, yeah, we won't condone that music though actually because uh, we will infringe copyright. <laughs> so uh, let's not do that. Of course, you can't say the word. <laughs> of course not. Um, no, but uh, tr- we are truly back um, and we'll truly be on a consistent schedule now. Truly. Truly. It's been a, uh, a very busy uh, t- uh, break, summer break. It's been a busy break, for <laughs> sure. You're, you're away, Rob. Um, you transitioned into work. I was working and stuff. I needed a, 
I want to say an overdue break for myself as well, which yeah, I feel like I I deserved. And also, I think our life schedules are now better than they were last year. Last year was a rocky year for the podcast, I'd say. I've made this statement a few times, and I think I'm going to stand by it now that I have spent three weeks gainfully employed. Is it takes late- a long time. Let's just say that. Yeah, yeah, three. Well, no worries. Um, is that late stage university, when you're actually doing proper university, not just like fucking... Uh, you know, little undergraduate commerce degree stuff. And let's just say those were very stupid. Those first year, first year of uni. Yeah, yeah. Really dumb. But when you're doing proper late stage university, similar to late stage capitalism in that sense, uh, it's, dare I say, harder than full-time work because you also still have to live and make money. Yeah. Well, I'll be that person who says it's maybe harder, maybe, but different, definitely. Of course, maybe harder, maybe, and different. Yeah, different in a way that's worse. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) um, No, but there's, I was saying earlier, there's that constant um, pressure to study, which is really annoying on the weekends and stuff, but full-time working, you just enjoy the weekends. And schedules as well. A shit schedule. Yeah, totally. Hard to fit everything. Also, like, uni is not just all of it. You have to work. You have to think about jobs. That's what I mean. Like, you have to earn clients. You have to survive. And you also have to figure out what you want to do with the rest of your life. Exactly. Whereas, you know, when you have a full-time job, you can just kind of forget about that. Yeah. You can just be like, you know what? I'm going to be sitting at a desk typing words into a computer for the rest of my life. Clicking a few buttons. And I've got to figure (laughs) out a way to make that mean something to me. Of course. Otherwise, things ain't looking good. Uh, Yeah. Otherwise, you're in deep trouble. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's get to it, Rob, honestly. Yeah, of course. I mean, who really wants to hear about us? Just you, Josh Gabin. Not, uh, no one. No one and nothing. Exactly. Big hot button issue. I, 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 by the way, I've since come to the conclusion that there's no point even attempting to kind of assess everything that happens over the course of the fortnight that we're going to release. So let's not even try. Uh, let's just focus on the things that interest us uh, and that are kind of thematic, you know, kind of represent something larger than themselves in a way. Good to see that you've unilaterally decided that. No, no, of course. Yeah, of course. No, well, you, you know, you, of course you, you negotiated <laughs> with me. Well, the, the, podcast, the podcast is a dictatorship and I'm a dictator. <laughs> so uh, you have no choice, Rob. Yeah, of course. No worries. Anyways, what's been interesting you, Nick? We actually kind of came up with the same thoughts lately. And wasn't that kind of nice, you know, the first episode back for a while and we're both kind of... Immediately onto it again. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. Can't make that stuff up. No, you can't. Uh, it is the, of course, the voice to parliament. The voice, as it's the been, the voice, as it's been called. And not to be confused with the uh, <laughs> the reality TV show. Not to be. Co- I was going to say a, a junk, garbage reality TV show. Uh, is any reality TV good? Below deck, great reality TV. Too hot to handle. Yeah, too hard to handle with someone else. Great. Um, <laughs> Whilst drunk. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, no, of course, the voice to parliament, um, which was something that was called for in the Uluru Statement to the Heart um, many years ago now. And this Labour government is finally cracking onto it. It was, of course, an election promise. Uh, and it's been a big thing because it will allegedly go to a referendum this year. This year. Allegedly. This year. Allegedly. Uh, and Nick, what do we know about referendums? Let's. I want to talk about this straight away because it's the reason why I'm... Uh, the premise of this is that I'm worried. Do you know the stat about how many have succeeded? I think it's 8 out of 60. I want to say it's 8 out of 48, but it could be 60. It's very low. <laughs> it's very low, and we know historically that 
referendums don't pass without bipartisan support and yes. uh, rather all these other conditions. Yeah, because you know the last referendum we had, which was the Republican referendum in 1999, did not pass, failed. Uh, partly, you might say, because John Howard did not support it. And he also wrote the most uh, silly question. Yes. For as well. Of course, he was not Prime Minister just, at that time. Not so. just, do you want a republic? It was like, do you wish that maybe Australia could potentially be a republic and not support the monarchy? Uh-oh. And I want to say, a bit of a masterclass in terms of political um, strategizing from Howard. Oh, because he wins the election, so it doesn't even have to deal with it anymore, right? Um, but, you know, he did say during... I think he was part of his campaign, they would have a referendum, so like got it out of the way. But just, you know, he made it fail. And then that meant that it wasn't going to be an issue for another 24 years. Yeah. So kudos to him. But also support it. Fuck you. Well, that was one of the great things uh, about the Bumbling Coconuts uh, 96 election itself is that he ran the the trusty old playbook of... And basically Albanese did the opposite of, we're the same except we're not going to be that bad. Yeah. Which small is, target stuff. Uh, small tar- one of the best small target campaigns of all time. Yeah. And just yeah. allowed Keating to kind of slowly fall onto a knife himself. Well, you know, the Hawk and Keating did so much and changed so much. It was one of those uh, trains that was eventually going to have to stop. You know what I mean? Yeah. Runaway we'll, train. Maybe we'll get to that later. Who knows? Maybe. Anyway, back to the back topic to the voice. at hand. <laughs> of course. God, we get distracted, Rob. Uh, back to the topic at hand. So we know we will have the referendum later this year. Referendums very difficult to pass, um, mainly because uh, of the double majority requirement as well. Mm. So it has to when we do vote on it later this year. Not only will the majority of Australians added up altogether have to support it, uh, the majority of Australians in each state, um, uh, in the majority of states, have to support it. Yeah. Um, so Cu- couple yeah, four out of seven at least states have to support. Four it. out of seven. You reckon there's seven states? Interesting. Uh sorry. Uh, three out of six. <laughs> uh, four out of six. There you go. Got Oops. there eventually. Um, I don't think that'll be an issue. I think the only state that might not support the voice would be like Queensland or WA. And yeah, that's still four. Yeah, I, I, I remember in the sixty-seven referendum, one um, of the one of the famous referendum. Yeah, maybe the last one that passed actually. Mm, maybe I can't remember. I thought there was a relatively uncontroversial one that passed in 70, 70 something. Yeah, you might be right. Uh, anyway, the WA one. Uh, sorry, the sixty-seven referendum. WA had the lowest, I think. Yes, it was a majority, but it was very low. Uh yeah, I thought it was still pretty high, but lower than all the other states. Because if you the actual numbers on that referendum are pretty good, I thought it was like eighty percent or something. I don't know. We could stop and check if you want. Nah, screw nah. it. Nah, no way. I'm pretty sure that's right. Okay, well at let, at let's point. move. On. Let's talk about what is worrying you about this referendum. Because as much as our little politics and nerds, uh, politics and law nerds <laughs> that we are. Um, would love to talk about you know the all the all the conditions for referendums passing yes, in yes. the past. Let's talk about what this important about this referendum. Something horrible flashes in our minds and we start to write five points <laughs> we remember from high school. Um, yeah, well, I, I I will say um the actual the referendum question we have and it's very it's not nothing to write home about. It's very general. Basically, says there will be a voice uh, and Parliament will get to decide everything about it in terms of what it does. It will make representations to Parliament about uh, uh, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander issues. Um, totally, totally fair. So the actual scope of what the body is hasn't been decided yet. 
and it will be up to Parliament to uh, decide that should the referendum pass. So there's obviously I, maybe the most junk point piece of criticism we'll get onto first, which is, uh, oh, we, what? tell us what it's going to be. They're hiding it from us. Where's the detail? Peter Dutton oh. screams behind mountains of papers about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and like, I think Albo kind of made the best response to this the other day on TV I saw where he was like, if you read the constitution, heaps of things are just left for parliament to decide in, in, you know, yep. in that kind of broad sense. Uh, it's totally normal for constitutional writing and you're not going to sit here and decide uh, it'll have this many representatives. Uh, these are the days that it'll meet. These are the rules. <laughs> like, you know, keep the, the constitution, constitution short. The constitution is half the voice explaining in <laughs> detail so Peter Dutton doesn't have an aneurysm. Oh, uh, we added 500 sections. <laughs> uh, so ob- obviously, you know, it doesn't take a constitutional law expert to figure that one out. No. So you that can, is a piece of junk. You can read the constitution. It's probably like a two-hour read, right? Not even, man. You can read the constitution. Well, you know... You know, if you give a skim in 30 minutes. Yeah, like it's not it's not a long document. No, it's not. 126 Detail would kind of ruin the whole the whole vibe. Yeah, to- totally. <laughs> I mean, the whole document itself is garbage. <laughs> in terms oh, yeah, of half yeah. of the sections don't mean anything anymore. Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> we all know that. <laughs> of course. But yeah. Oh, and the Queen Queen runs our country. Oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> and New Zealand might be a state and WA will not be. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a strange quirk. Uh, yeah, so that's... Obviously, dumb criticism, right? The fact that, where's the detail? Yeah. But, with that said, oh my god, uh, a major political party is making that point. And, uh, as we know, doesn't pass without bipartisan support. So, we, well, n- we need the Liberals, right? Yeah, well, so, so Labour obviously support it. Greens obviously support it. Maybe we should touch well, on that well, in, well, a, well, in a little bit. We'll touch on that later. But... The coalition thus far are uncommitted. Uh, old Dutton hasn't decided. And Rob, if I was Dutton, I would just be letting this one through, honestly. I, I, it's no illusion to me that Dutton himself doesn't support it. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> but a lot of people, all the progressives obviously in his party do, and you know, the moderates, um, and I'm sure some of the conservatives even um, feel like it's a reasonable thing to do. So, I, I mean, he's going to have an uproar if he's, Part if he decides that the party line is to not support it, uh, I think there's talk about letting them do a conscience vote. I've heard that as well, actually. Um, seems, I guess, fine, but it will haunt him later. I think. Yeah. Um, I think the easy thing to do here is just to support it and just live to fight another day. Yeah, if you're Peter Dutton, I think just living and to fight another day is a great idea. Which, by the way, I think is what he's going to do. Yeah, uh, personally, I think that's what he's going to do. I think this was deliberate by him to criticize Labour a lot to try and get some political points early, but then support it close to the last minute. Yeah, and also uh, for his own personal benefit, mate, or no, for his own views, uh, kind of muddy the waters a little bit as well. Yeah, just sow some discontent in a way. Yeah, and Rob, I saw this earlier today as well. Alan Tudge is quitting Parliament. Yeah, of course. Um, Wonder why? He, well. Yeah, infamous minister under the last government. Um, general <laughs> shitbag, I will say. A shitbag? Is, is, is that defamatory? Maybe. <laughs> Just general uh, piece of work. Anyway, he's quitting parliament in a move that uh, probably makes a lot of people happy. Uh, but 
that means there'll be a by-election in his um, Melbourne seat. I can't remember. It's not the seat of Melbourne. It's in Melbourne. Uh, and it's a, a thin-ish margin, but that's only because they had such a thrashing last election. So it's probably going to be won by the coalition, you would say. Yeah. And they're talking about putting uh, Josh Frydenberg back in that seat, uh, potentially. <laughs> the so old switcheroo, hey? Joshy goes up, and you know what happens then, Rob? Challenges. Goes straight up to the top. Exactly. So it, I, I think Peter, Peter Dutton is sweating right now on these kinds of things. Because if he gets this wrong... Especially if he alienates the progressives, I think if that happens, Joshy's got a good chance. You know what I mean? Wow, I didn't. I haven't considered that. I mean, I can't say that I thought of that. I just saw it in an article, but I was wow. like, you know what? I could see it happening. That would be so funny. Yeah, he just rocketed straight back up I to know. the top. And like, you know, remember how upset he was last time or, or last year when he lost the seat? I think he could come back. Like oh, he yeah. wants to. He loves the Liberal Party. He loves the Liberal Party. He's having a tearful cry yeah. afterwards. So. If you, you know, Josh Frydenberg, you can say a lot of things about him, but one thing you can certainly say about him is that he loves the Liberal Party. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> of course. Um, so, yeah, I, I think uh, to summarize the kind of coalition strategy side of it, I think Dutton will support it at the end, personally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and it's got decent, decent enough decent. Um, support Australia-wide. So it'd be a sound call from the coalition to support. I, I well. think so. The the polls are saying roughly 60%-ish people yeah. support it. Which so. kind of surprises me, to be honest. I thought it was going to be way higher back I when I was thinking I thought the same for the gay marriage plebiscite as well. That is saying true. I and guess we just like to see the best in people. Yeah, maybe. And it's also we're probably trapped in our little inner city bubbles. Yeah. Um, Champagne Socialist Echo Chamber. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, so uh, what else? What else? Uh, a certain Green Senator or former Green Senator yes. quit her party. Uh, that would be Lydia Thorpe, who so won her seat last year um, as a senator for the Greens. Oh, maybe it wasn't last year. I should not know. Who cares? Anyway, yeah, yeah, good. Who cares? And she got into trouble because she was the deputy, deputy leader and uh, she came out that she was dating a bikey, thought you used to date a bikey or something. So she got dropped from that. It was a big controversy at the time. And then when the voice became an issue, she consistently said she would campaign against it, even though the Greens support it, naturally. Uh, Because basically, obviously, if anyone doesn't know, she's um, Indigenous herself. um, And yeah, uh, says that she's obviously a huge supporter of reconciliation. But she thinks that the voice will... Uh, we need a treaty first. That having the voice will somehow um, cede sovereignty. Um, which, I don't know, is is an attempt at a kind of legal argument. But all of the all of the things I've seen from like former High Court justices and stuff is that that's not the case. So I think she's just... I don't know what she's doing, Rob. I really don't know. Uh, not a lie, to be honest. I think it's very... Um I'm going to be careful with my words. I think it's very difficult to understand what Lydia Thorpe says a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah, this is true. Um, I just think... I, I can't understand it. I, I Maybe I understand it that... It's like the thing, like, obviously a treaty would be great and all kinds of yeah. substantive, practical support, reform in reconciliation and Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander issues would be great. But why does it, well, that doesn't mean we can't have a voice as well. 
Yeah. yeah. So why are we saying no to the voice? Is yeah, it's not one or the other. Uh, we've I've got in my notes here are, it's very uh, green circa two thousand and nine, <laughs> saying, hey, we can't have an ETS. It's not good enough. Yeah. Oh, we're just gonna have ten years of no climate action instead. They w- they'll never live it down, will they, Rob? No, <laughs> no, no, I won't no, let yeah, anyone I forget. Say, I was gonna say, not as long as there's breath in my body. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, and, and now, of course, she's recently this week uh, quit the Greens uh, because of this issue and has said today she might start her own political party. Yeah. Um, which is, I think is, is bad. Uh, it's a bit dodged to campaign with a party. Obviously, you get the benefit of being on their ticket. Get up where, in, in the Greens, by the way, where their spots are very highly sought after. Yeah, because they have a lot of support and not as many and, seats. And you got a, you got a pretty sure thing of at least a Senate seat per state as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, now she's obviously left that the, the Greens, so she's just a rogue senator now. Um, and it's just, you know, many argument could be made that's very undemocratic because people voted for her thinking they were basically supporting the Greens platform, and now <laughs> they're not. Yeah. So. Uh, should there be a rule saying you have to run again when you do that? I think maybe they should. Uh, well, that's never going to happen because uh, <laughs> God, no. imagine trying to change the constitution for that reason. God, no. When it's hard enough to just be like, hey, how about we uh, consider indigenous people's views? And everyone's like, there's not enough detail. <laughs> oh. uh, that Maybe I could see that one getting getting through as a backdoor uh, addendum to another referendum uh, where both nice. parties support it. So they're just like, let's fucking rush this in. <laughs> Which happens sometimes. Um, happens sometimes and then doesn't actually get passed by everyone. Yeah, of course. I remember they used to do that with um, the uh, timing of the elections because they, they used to have to uh, want to change the constitution to make them happen at the same time. And they kept trying to do that and everyone kept putting no. This <laughs> is really funny. Uh, anyway, and the Nats obviously don't support it. Um, in conjunction with so Lydia, Lydia Thorpe has made an alliance with the Nats, <laughs> which is, is a very unlikely alliance. Barnaby Joyce and Lydia Thorpe. <laughs> yeah, and the Nats obviously. I, I've written here as as a small point. I kind of see in a weird, twisted way the the logic of the Nats in some of what they're saying, because I think they're like saying like the voice won't be ref, uh, a representative of all Aboriginal people. You know, the people in the country. And they made it like a wealth thing. Yeah. Um, that like what they're kind of proposing um, about the voice, which is that it will have like unelected representatives appointed by parliament on there. They'll be like, you know, it won't be a body that's re- representative of all the Aboriginal people in the same way parliament is. And I'm like, look, I guess I kind of see that. But at the same time, like the voice is good enough. A, a, yeah, yeah. a step in the right direction. Well, that's the, th- that's the, the general thing about the voice for me. Is you know what? Realistically, it doesn't really do a lot. Uh, it'd be far better if we did, you know, put more money into ensuring that you know we try and deal with uh, mass multi generational trauma, trying to deal with you know issues like indigenous children aren't educated as much, uh, yeah. health issues, all yeah. these all these issues that uh, indigenous people face overwhelmingly more uh, than white or European Australians. Yeah, yeah, but. Just because we should do all those things doesn't mean that not doing the voice is going to make all those things happen. And, uh, yeah, of course. And then uh, as well, what you'll probably see is when if we do get the voice, the representatives from the voice will be saying that we should do all those other things. Yes. Yeah. 
So, you know, they kind of go hand in hand in a way. So, yeah, it's quite ridiculous, isn't it, to say that we shouldn't have it because it's it's not a good way to represent Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander people's views. Like, obviously not. Um, So, yeah, to surmise the whole issue, really, uh, it's getting a lot of press for it not being, uh, I want to say, like a huge deal substantively in terms of a policy response, maybe. Um, But at the same time, you know, I guess no one really knows how it'll go. Because we have like, you know, the, the, the old Aboriginal um, uh, People's Commission or something that was like a cracking around in the 90s that was supposed to fix everything, but didn't really. Of course. So I guess we'll see how it goes. But in terms of substantive policy responses to issues like, you know, wealth inequality that affect Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people um, more than other people, um, it's not that. So maybe it's all a big... Uh, media circus for not as much of a reason and hopefully it'll just pass anyway. Yeah, hopefully it passes. Um, I support The Voice. <laughs> of course, I also do support The Voice. What else has been interesting us, for lack of a better term, Rob, over uh, the summer? Well, again, on, on this topic of everything seemingly nowadays has to either go all the way or nowhere. Uh, Jim Chalmers' essay, which The Guardian described was nuanced. Yeah, <laughs> nuanced. Uh, for anyone who hasn't heard, and probably going to be a lot of people, to be honest, Jim Chalmers, the uh, treasurer, of course, the federal treasurer, wrote an essay over the summer, as uh, in his words, as he was putting the kids to sleep, after he was putting the kids to sleep in Chris, over Christmas time. He wrote an essay, basically, which is a big crack at neoliberalism and making some rather unremarkable statements about how uh, we should care about poor people and <laughs> we shouldn't let uh, companies do whatever they want. Yeah. Which uh, apparently is groundbreaking to some. So, obviously, Murdoch Media, communism. <laughs> yeah. Literally the front page of like the Australian um, and, well, I forget all the names of them, was like Daily communism. Telegraph, <laughs> yeah, Courier yeah. Mail. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, commu- yeah, Jim Chalmers supports communism. Which is like laughable to anyone <laughs> who actually is that way inclined as well. Because uh, it's just so obviously not anything re- remotely like that. Well, on, on the topic of uh, what communists think of Jim Chalmers' essay, the Greens came out and said... <laughs> doesn't go far enough. It yeah, doesn't go far enough. This is capitalism commies. supercharged. Yeah. I, I mean, I kind of agree. Well, you can see it's just so sad that people like Jim who... Uh, maybe I know Jim is right, Labor, but maybe he personally thinks um, we should go a lot further in terms of <laughs> having a, a more heavy government hand in the market, uh, in a simple way of putting it. But he has to be so careful when he's writing these things because you have to be like, uh, maybe we should uh, care about poor people more. No, no, but still markets, but still companies, but still oh, companies. Obviously, obviously markets. No, 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 no. But, uh, we must bow down <laughs> to the market. The free, the invisible hand. <laughs> exactly. Because the neoliberals had such a crushing victory in the 80s that, <laughs> that has just never, it seemed to never, the other side has seemed to never recover. That you have to tread on eggshells so much. Yeah, of course. Go. One thing that I saw that came out from this essay was uh, what I like to call public-private partnerships, which was all the rage in academic circles uh, surrounding neoliberalism. 
in the early to mid 2000s. Whoa, PPPs. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, Whoa. that's what I call it. Hey, industry. So Rob, I, I did some work on some PPPs. Oh, did you? While I was a vacation clerk. So uh, wow. Oh, well, you should just take this away then, right? Uh, (laughs) Oh, do you need me to proofread something? (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, basically, uh, basically, uh, it was came out in the early two thousands in academic circles, anyways. Basically, saying that like. Oh, you know, roll out and roll back neoliberalism has kind of failed. So, how about like government and market kind of work together to try and achieve something? Whoa. Uh, which, I mean, it's kind of failed as well, right? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I I, I was trying to think about. I was thinking about this a lot. Like, why? Because yeah, that's in some areas it's worked quite well. You you might say. Um, I want to say Mate. power. Yeah, and it's generated the most wealth ever. Yeah. Most money ever generated, certainly generated in the last 40, 50 years. But where's all the money going? That's that's <laughs> the crux of the issue here. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't think it's solved everything. <laughs> no. But like, uh, this, this is my issue with this kind of stuff, is that when you're talking about economics and, and um, society at this level, it's so hard to make any specific point, if you know what I mean. Yeah, for sure. But you can point to the general trends, i.e. this is like the most wealth equality we've seen in the modern world um, and all this political stuff is going wrong as well and climate change and all that jazz. And, you know, I think it's probably more likely than not that it's all related. Correlation doesn't equal causation, but causation is hard to prove. Yeah, of course. Causation famously hard to prove. Very difficult. And... uh, Correlation doesn't equal causation is sometimes a kind of a bad argument and you just don't have an argument to explain why the correlation doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah, this is true. Um, I mean, it's just like a probability thing. It's like, obviously, and you know, you can come up with kind of reasons why, but in terms of actually proving what, well, then it's kind of gets philosophical, philosophical, doesn't it? Yeah. What is proof? What is proof? Uh, all right. Uh, I wrote again in our notes. Our notes are kind of funny today. Uh, I don't, ca- I don't know, man. Uh, I don't really like the way it sounds, but I guess it's better than Liberal Party. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I Honestly, he's saying nothing remarkable. Yeah. Like he's just saying that, like, you know, I, we still believe in markets, but that we should look out for values. Yeah, um, for sure. And, like, like what, what were we doing before then? <laughs> <laughs> and literally what we were doing before, in, I guess, other people's eyes, is that, it was just markets and then we assume that produces the best outcome or which is my true theory is that they don't care um, and they just want to be rich. Mm. Um, so I think that's, I guess what the status quo was, which is just so, so funny to think that there was a kind of uproar in conservative circles about this because like we're essentially saying we care about poor people. That's as simple as you can put it. And people are saying that's bad. That's horrible, Nick. How could you? <laughs> can't, I, I, yeah, it's crazy, man. I can't believe we're at this point. <laughs> yeah, nor can I, really. How um, do we get here? Well, Nick, um, I don't know how many billions of years ago humans were created, but probably started about then. Yeah, and then everything's gone downhill and, from And there. humans were created famo- famously. Of, of course. God yeah. did it in seven days. Yeah, oh, no, nice. he had the seventh day off. Yeah, yeah, sorry. And you work at a church now, is that right? <laughs> yeah. 
And on that note, Rob, I think we're out of time. Yeah, of course. We've bothered everyone for long enough. What a comeback, though. You know, a lot to say, clearly. And more words to be said over the coming year. And I mean, you know, happy first podcast, Rob. Yeah. Many more great podcasts Happy New Year as well to everyone. (laughs) With the last minute of the podcast, (laughs) you'll tell everyone a happy new year. (laughs) Good stuff. And if you want to keep having the best new year. (laughs) Yeah, nice. (laughs) Follow us uh, at Unrepresentative Swill on Facebook, YouTube and Instagram and at Swill Podcast on Twitter. And thanks so much for listening, everyone. We will be back next fortnight. Arrivederci. <laughs> uh, bye. <laughs>